0: Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Cubicle Confidential, weekly advice for the working stiff. I'm Chris DeSantis and let me introduce my co-horse.
1: Did you just call me a horse? You just call I me a horse I did you a co-horse.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, let's start again.
1: It's funny if you're not the horse. (laughs) I know, I know, I know, I know. know.
0: know. My co-horse, Mr. Ed.
1: Chris, go ahead and try this again.
0: (laughs) Okay. Speaker, author, business owner, former tavern owner, and bon vivant extraordinaire, Mary (laughs) Abadie.
1: Hey, Chris, it's nice to see you. So I get it. So you're going to describe me differently to throw me off every week. I love it. I hope to people, let me tell you a little bit about Chris DeSantis. He is an organizational development consultant. He is the smartest man I know. He's the funniest man I know. And he's the most expensive consultant I know. And you all are getting him for free today. He spends his life helping people solve their work problems. And so that's what we're going to do on the show today, aren't we, Chris?
0: Yes, we are. In fact, uh, today's episode is going to focus on virtual life or (sighs) the Zoom life. Uh, And yeah, actually, even before we get there, uh, uh, Mary, you, you, you're you on Zoom calls. How
1: many of those uh, a day or a week do you do? Oh, I can't even count. So I am on, well, so there's two different kinds of Zoom things I'm doing. So one is regular business meetings, which mm-hmm. I don't know why we have to be on these all the time, because in the past, we just talked on the phone. So I'm probably on, and then I do presentations and facilitate meetings, and I do my work via Zoom, Zoom with this uh, pandemic going on. So I would say I'm probably on Zoom six to seven hours every single day.
0: Wow, that is unbelievable.
1: It's exhausting. And it's one of those things where, you know, on the one hand it's fun. And by the way, Zoom love you. Don't know how we would have gone through the pandemic without you. So don't take this as not me loving you, Zoom. Uh, but you know, it's really hard to do what 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 you and I do, you know, uh speak publicly and give presentations on Zoom when you're not really getting the sense of the uh of the audience. And I will say I have seen Every Zoom horror show mistake, virtual presentation like problem that there is. And so I'm very excited to be talking about this because I just I'm so tired of people not having their Zoom game on.
0: Well, it's interesting because you're talking about Zoom fatigue. And and, and so in that sense, we'll talk about what that looks like because I think you've got to be experiencing it almost on a daily basis. Um, um but you did mention worst experiences uh do you have an example of something that you uh you saw that was particularly awful?
1: Well, you know there's been some uh you know I've heard of things you know like people forgetting to put on their pants oh, yeah. uh, or people uh taking calls in the bathroom and not realizing they were that they had their camera on uh, <laughs> but what I see most of the time are just really bad like bad lighting, bad camera angle we I was on a business meeting recently and um and the the someone on the call uh, had the camera she had her cat her little pussy cat on her lap, and she had the camera on the pussy cat, and she was petting her cat, and her boss was like, "Can you please not pet your pussy on camera? We want to see you and it like, <laughs> and it was so bad. and the woman was like, "Well, I don't want to be on camera." so instead we all and everyone in the meeting was transfixed by her petting her pussy cat. <laughs>
0: I think Johnny Carson got sued for that when he did that on TV once.
1: I think he did. But mostly it's just like people just not knowing how to use their equipment.
0: I think that's right. In fact, uh, there's a lot of uh, research on that. We won't go through a lot of the research at at this point, but we might not bring it in as as this unfolds. Um, In fact, let's go uh, start off with our first question.
1: Love it. Bring it, baby. Bring it.
0: Our first question here is Pig Pens day job. <laughs> I'm a manager for a hedge fund in Philly and I run both internal virtual meetings with employees and external ones with clients. Since the pandemic started, we have gone business casual for our meetings, although I still wear a sport coat when I'm on these calls. The problem is with my staff, they will get on these calls with golf shirts hoodies, sweatshirts, you name it. That's just their clothes. We pay them good money, but you wouldn't know it if you saw how they live. It's like looking at a horrible automobile accident. You know you don't want to see the carnage, but you can't look away. I can't have them in front of clients looking like they're calling in from Skid Row. How do I get them to clean up their act? Distressed, but dressed for success.
1: O-M-G, distressed. I gotta tell you, Chris, you gotta get ready for a rant because this is one of my biggest pet peeves out there. That drives me crazy. What all right that, so I mean it does okay so first of all what distress has to do is distress has to raise this issue uh, distress has to really bring this to the forefront and needs to articulate expectations about virtual appearance and virtual performance these people need to realize that they are on camera and although it may seem fluffy to care about how you look on camera you are still on camera and you are on camera and you are representing your organization when I'm on a meeting and I see uh, somebody who hasn't bothered to look good for the camera, I'm thinking, well, you haven't bothered to look good for me or for your profession. So make sure that they have, they understand that this is really about looking professional and is your expectation that they do. Um, so you want to make sure that, so Distress has to, I see, think, set the standards, uh, really articulate the expectations, what professional dress looks like and what it doesn't. Make sure that they are all, you're also not only talking about what they are wearing, but you're talking about their lighting. You were talking about uh, their um, their uh, camera angles you were talking about their background they need to have a clean professional background uh, if they if they don't have a decent place in their house or their abode to do these then you distress need to provide them with a high quality uh, back a virtual background uh, something about high resolution a JPEG that's going to look good for them um, and you just need to tell them and give them feedback Feedback. I'd also recommend uh, two more things. One, make everybody tape themselves or you record a, a meeting and you play it back to them and you say, it's just like presentation skills, right? You say, now what worked here? What didn't work there? Give them the feedback. And then the last thing, and I do this a lot, so I don't really want to like sell my services, but I've done this uh, presentation for uh, so many financial firms on how to make sure that you are having a good virtual presentation. But if if you don't tell them, they won't know. That's my take. Was that too strong?
0: (laughs) No, no. I thought it was very thorough. So let's go back over what you've said. So one is uh, have a professional appearance that's in line with the brand you're representing. Absolutely. Then have all the technology in place that gives you and presents you in the best light in a literal sense.
1: Literally. Lights, camera, action.
0: Third, you should also know that how you look now, your present state. So record yourself to have a baseline against what you will improve against. That's correct. And last, if you don't have the resources that you are necessary to do what you need to do to look well, then get those resources in place.
1: Absolutely. I mean, Chris, like, come on. If you're on a Zoom thing, can't you see what you look like? Are people not looking at themselves and seeing, like, here's how I look? And I don't understand the disconnect from people.
0: Well, uh, it's an interesting thing because um, I, I will take some... I, I don't disagree with anything you've said, but there's some interesting things that uh, I've read about this. The Economist made a point Uh, that people like to see the life you live. So we are imperfect. Uh, and there's another point about this. There is, it's, this is called self-complexity theory. There is the business you. And then there is the private you. Now we're in a world that is blending both the business you with the private you. And you have to put those together, which by itself is taxing because we used to be able to compartmentalize our lives and step away from one and the other. So having said that, part of you should present yourself, but I use Chris Rock's approach. Present, have a presentational self, meaning what's the d- dressed up version of you that everyone is, uh, could be enamored by the charming you now. As for my own solution, I look at this as two ways. Uh, you can have the compliance route or you can have the commitment route. The compliance route is state all the rules. I think Mary did a nice job of saying this is the compliance route because I gotta know what the baseline rules are if I'm gonna comply to anything. I'm so compliance
1: I, all day long. <laughs> yes, yeah,
0: so I gotta say that. That that that's that's perfectly fine. What what's what the backdrops are accessible and all of that? Um uh, so in, in that sense, I think that's great. But I, I was thinking all this too because I don't know the scale of this man's business. This is a guy in Philly and a hedge fund. My suspicion is it's not very large. So the staff might be smaller. And the point here being is maybe he should think about talking to them as future owners and saying, okay, if you're going to own this business, how do you want to be perceived by the clients that you serve? I think in that sense. Now I would gamify the thing. I would gamify it. I would ask- What I would do is I would ask the people on the call the next time he's on a call and ask them to rate him on a scale of one to 10 in terms of how close is he to representing the brand virtually. Have everybody rate him.
1: I love it. And then they should rate each other.
0: Well, no, that yes. Yes and no. Because then the next thing I would do is I would find the person who has the best sense of humor about themselves on the call, who is also one of the pigsty crowd. And I would say, okay, why don't we rate you? And then after they rate him, which they will rate him lower, we stop the game and say, you know, rather than rate everybody like this, why don't we do this? Next time we get on a call, I'm going to have a group of other people who aren't tied to what we do on the call. And they're going to be our panel of judges. And any one of you who gets a score higher than the score that I have now, I'll give a hundred bucks.
1: I love it. That's such a great idea. You know, and I think in order to do that, that would be a fun way to do it. Takes longer than compliance, but let's go with this. Uh, But uh, you need to separate it. So it needs to be number one, background what's your background so there should be like four categories i'm just spitballing I love background that, really. make some uh, rules make background scale of one to ten uh attire like your attire uh number two <clears throat> number three should be lighting uh how good is your lighting because people by the way if you're listening to this it's all about the lighting Lighting's uh right. and then uh number four should be camera angle uh so camera angle because love you know that. it should be straight on not too high i'm so tired of looking at people's nostrils you have no ideas um <laughs> uh, or up there you know, like uh, camera angle, and then maybe five could be like pizzazz or something like that. I, and I love, like the idea of the game of Mary.
0: You've just created the Academy Awards.
1: I'm telling of you, zoom light. Well, you know, speaking of that, there is, and you know, by the way, when I do my little workshops on virtual presentations, that's almost exactly what we do: is we have everybody come on screen, uh, and I literally rate them all. <laughs> And I don't know them, but uh, and it's it's really fun for me because I get to be like uh, what's his name from American Idol. Uh, But it's so shocking how many people are like, oh yes, please, Mary, tell me how bad I am. Uh, But I love the idea of having them do it themselves. But I was going to say that there is a funny, there's a funny Twitter. It's called Rate My Room, I think it's called. And this person, I don't know if it's man or woman, uh, but they have been rating since the pandemic uh, people's virtual backgrounds, like celebrities, like newscasters. And this this raider will go and tell you why your virtual background works and why it doesn't. And it's really, really hilarious. And I just think it's one of those, it can help make it fun, like you're gamifying.
0: I like that. I'm not as fond of these virtual backgrounds because one of the reasons is when you move your head, you, you you sometimes disappear from the, the scene of your virtual background. Well
1: so yeah, so I have solutions for that. So Two things, the two must haves if you're going to do a virtual background are you have to have a high resolution virtual background. Uh, high resolution means a high whatever, like size of a file, like KBMBs. Uh, so they must be high resolution. Uh, people's iPhones take really high resolutions and so they can make really good pictures. That's number one. Number two, the better your lighting is, your front lighting people, not side lighting, not back lighting, not overhead lighting, the better your front lighting in, Uh, Is with a high resolution virtual background, it's going to almost be indetectable.
0: Wow, that's such great advice. I, I would also say, though, I do like to see the backgrounds with bookcases. Yeah. because I'd like to know what they're reading, you know. Well, right. you
1: know, there's a there's by the way, there's a there's a Zoom for there's a Twitter for that as well. People are looking at what pe- books people are reading. So if you're going to use a background, if you're going to curate your own bookcase, you know, really be thoughtful about right. what books are on there. A friend of mine who's a publisher for a newspaper, uh he's a history buff. So he had on one of his bookcases, he had a, a book about Hitler. Uh and it said Hitler really big and he got all this feedback around like are you a Hitler fan? And <laughs> the guy's like, No, because I just study history. Um, and so he moved that, he took that book away, which I thought was really hilarious. But you do have to think about these things. But there's something else you were talking about being um, you know, your authentic self, your presentation self. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a difference between uh, how you are showing up on camera uh, when you are with your team and when you are with a client, yes. right? So I think that we have to be ready to pivot. Like when I'm just with my team, I'm not putting on makeup, I'm barely brushing my hair. I don't, I'm not even gonna tell you if I brush my teeth or not because you can't tell, you're not in the same room. But when I'm gonna pre- present myself to a client, I do take the time, sometimes begrudgingly, to do my hair, to put on makeup because they're in our line of work, they're hiring me actually partly on my presentation skills. And if yes. I'm not presenting myself well or professionally, uh, they're going to really think twice about hiring me. So I do think that there's a difference between whether you are client facing in this meeting or or team facing.
0: Well, you, you break up... Uh, I- We'll have to move on to the next question, but before we do, I would add one more thing because you've already addressed it, is this notion of the judgment we make when we see somebody. Yeah. And we do that rather rapidly. I guess they call that thin slicing. Thin slicing is you take a very small piece of information, visual information, and you make judgment of the other individual based on that information. And I think we are stuck in this two-dimensional world of a Zoom call or the equivalent, you are, you are being judged rather rapidly because, which I think often unfairly because they don't get to see the third dimension of who you are.
1: I'm thin slicing all day long, my friend. Thin slice, thin slice, thin slice. Yeah. And as our brains get more tired from the Zoom, mm. I think we're thin slicing even more. So I, I think I a think, uh, pig pen, I think distressed, but dressed for success, needs to just have a conversation with the pig pen, the pigs in his pen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the pigs in his pen. Oh, okay, let's move on. We have a, a second question here, and uh, actually the title for the episode, Hollywood Squares from Hell.
1: <laughs> Wait, before you get to that, did you ever watch hollywood squares are you old enough to remember that show
0: i did who was who
1: was always in the center there's a little trivia question oh, for you oh,
0: oh, oh um oh, what's his name paul lind
1: ah oh, very good
0: paul linda block
1: paul lind- <laughs> and for those young people google it go ahead chris sorry
0: yes he was the uncle on bewitched so he
1: was that's yes, right
0: yes i love paul lind okay uh, uh, hollywood squares from Hell. I work for a call center that went fully remote almost a year ago. Frankly, I don't think I can handle another weekly virtual meeting. Every week, I'm on a call with 20 other customer service reps. My problem is not only do these calls seem to go on forever, but I could never get a word in edgewise unless I interrupt someone. I'm only one of three women on the team. The others are my boss, who is running the meeting, and a brand new person. I would just love to turn off the image, go on mute, and do other things. But my boss insists we all have to have our cameras on the entire time. I find myself staring at myself more than listening to anyone. How do I make my voice heard without being called the B word behind my back? So, Mary, what do you think?
1: Oh, I love Love, love this question. Okay. So let me. This is
0: muted in Muncie.
1: Muted in Muncie. Muted. I am going to change your life right now. All right. So there's really, there's two issues here. I want to pull apart. Uh, one of these issues is around meeting facilitation, right? Uh, yeah, you want to tune on this meeting. And my guess is your meetings were poorly run before Zoom. So they're probably even more exasperated because not only do people not know how to run good meetings in real life, most people have no clue how to run an effective virtual meeting. So you have that side. And then you pull apart uh, from that just the fact that women don't get heard in meetings very often. Uh, so let's talk about that first. So if you are a woman, and you're not being heard in meetings, and by the way, statistics say that you're not. And there was even an article recently, Chris, uh, that said women on Zoom meetings are heard even less often. Hmm. So I don't even know if that's if that's hmm. true. But you are going to have to speak up. So I do Think you just need to really like let your voice heard you are going to have to do the behavior you don't like to do which is sometimes interrupting people to be heard so get comfortable with that on the one side but on the other side you know what i want people to know is that running a virtual meeting calls for a really strong facilitator somebody has to really run this meeting and we know that um, good meetings need agendas they need appropriate they need a facilitator they need to have a purpose but you also need to use some engagement techniques so I'm not sure whether she should talk to her boss about this or not yet but I do want to tell for everybody out there that's running virtual meetings there are ways to do it well and there are ways to do it poorly it seems like like they're doing it poorly so we want to make sure that we are finding ways like using the chat feature uh, doing what I call round robins or one of my favorite techniques is the hot potato where we'll be running a zoom meeting and I'll say Chris you know what's your thinking about XYZ and you will answer and then you will hot potato it to somebody else to answer as well and you have to hot potatoes to everybody else uh, answers, uh, or a strong facilitator. It's just like running a good conference call. A strong facilitator will like call people out and make sure that everybody's voice gets heard before most people speak twice. So there's lots of ground rules, things that you can do. I could talk for a year on this, but I think this is much more of a facilitation problem than a zoom problem. What do you think?
0: Well, I love your advice. Uh, in fact I would I would take it because I would turn this uh, from a problem to an opportunity for mm. her because I think she should go to her boss but not to go to her boss in a complaint but the, uh, to, but to go to her boss to become the facilitator. love. I think she should go ahead and volunteer and say, "Look, let me run this meeting for you. Let let me put together the agenda, just like you've said. Let me introduce some ground rules because I think in statistics on ground rules, if you if you have an agenda and ground rules, uh, meeting length is reduced by as much as eighty percent. So it doesn't wander around. Yeah. So I, I love what you're saying there. I I think it's great to have these check-ins after each agenda item to get make sure that the the introverts get some stage time. I also I would add to your point here, if we can shorten the meeting, maybe we can have a time before the meeting starts officially. I thought this was an interesting point that I read once. Before the meeting officially starts, turn the cameras on 15 minutes before the meeting so people can wander on to the meeting and do all their small talk in advance. And then after the meeting is officially closed, leave the camera on for another 10 or 15 minutes so those who want to stay on and talk can do so. So the formal part of the time is compressed and everyone knows they have to stay on track with the suggestions Mary has made. So in that sense, I think you can, um, I would, one other thing, which I uh, um, muted in Muncie indicated, she ends up spending time looking at herself. In fact, something like 40% of us uh, will stare at ourselves the entire time, which is unnatural. Meaning, not unnatural that we would stare at ourselves. Unnatural to be put in a situation where we see ourselves talking. Life wasn't like that before, unless you sat in front of a mirror. So, in that sense, uh, this is weird for us. Um, I think the technology, and this is for the people at Zoom, is that there should be a default mechanism where you can't see yourself, but others people can see you.
1: So there is, by the way.
0: <laughs> oh, there is. You I can love that. T-
1: <laughs> You can turn, Grandpa, you can turn off yourself, you. Uh, But, you know, you do raise a good point about, about stare. you raise many good points. Um, uh, But women are more susceptible to Zoom. I call it Zoom gloom, uh, Mm. the Zoom fatigue than men, because women tend to actually look at themselves more Mm. on the Zoom or the video calls than men do. Maybe because we, you know, we've been conditioned to care more about our appearances. I don't know what, what it is, but I know I'm looking at myself right now. I dig it. No. But I mean, so is the looking at yourself does really exhaust you. So you can't actually turn off your self view. But I want to go back to something else you said, because I really like that suggestion to go and offer to facilitate these meetings for your boss. Uh, As a boss myself, I, um, you know, it's odd because, you know, you and I both facilitate a lot of meetings as part of our job. uh, And so I hate facilitating meetings in my own team. So I've literally handed it off to my team. And then I try not to control it when they do it. But um you know it's a really great thing to do and your boss might be really excited to have you do it and then you can play with some of the engagement techniques that we talked about you can email go ahead and email chris and i info uh, cubicle confidential happy to give you a whole bunch of tips and techniques but i really like that idea take control of the meeting and really show them how a good meeting can be run
0: i love that well uh, and thank you uh um muted in muncie for for writing in before we go here i've just got to get something off my chest because this topic is starting to irritate me more than it should maybe because it's been percolating for so long
1: uh oh sounds like it's time for the rant
0: i've always found the virtual cocktail party a tad irritating I've, I, I i don't like i i Like anyone, when it first happened, I was happy to sort of participate and have a glass of wine, and then as it dragged on, I found myself having to listen to things I didn't want to listen to, and if it were a real cocktail party, I could wander off into the kitchen and be away from this mess, but it's not. You're stuck there, feigning interest when you don't have any. I don't know what your experience is with that Mary. Uh,
1: well, you know, I've stopped. I've stopped attending them. So, you know, <laughs> part of it's I'm, because they're just so poorly run. Like they're so. <laughs> you know, so if you're going to do a virtual cocktail hour, you actually need some structure. It can't. It's like a good virtual meeting. You know, you're going to have to have some structure, and you're going to be really thoughtful about. Um, you know, how many people you're inviting? What are you doing with them? Are you going to all be like twenty-four people on a on one Zoom window? It, that's too many because then the extroverts just take over and Mm. no one else has the chance to say anything. If you're going to put people in breakout rooms, which is a great technique to use for both meetings and for cocktail parties, you you need to make sure that you're giving people you got to, there's like, I would say you want to make sure you're putting them into groups between five and six or seven people. Too few people, if they're duddy, then you're in there and it's like, help me. Uh, But you also want to give them topics to talk about and keep those breakouts short. Oh Mm. my God. I've attended some meetings where they have put me in breakouts. And they're like twelve minutes long with two other people who are the dullest two other people I've ever met in my life. You just want to kill yourself. Uh, I was I attended this one virtual dinner. Um, it was like you know um, it was for a nonprofit. You know, said a gala with yes. virtually, and instead of tables, they did breakout rooms, and I was added in a breakout room with. Did four you dress other up? Pe- no. Hmm. No, I, I, yeah, no, I'm, a, I, you don't want to invite me to your virtual cocktail party. Um, I was in a breakout room with four other people, and they were, they all knew each other, and they were so dull, and not one of them even asked me who I was. Like it was, <laughs> it was the worst experience. And they p- kept putting me back with the same people, and it was just, I just got very drunk sitting in my house uh, uh, on this. So I think you have to be clever, like yes. Like, I I will give a plug. One of my senior people on my team is really good at this. So she has designed some really great fun, some fun games. Like, we played Cards Against Career Stone once, which is kind of like a Cards Against Humanity. Mm -hmm. Uh, So make, gamify it, make it fun, make it interesting. Just don't put people in the room and say, go talk now.
0: I want us to go back to the office. I, I want that to be some time in the office. The office is important in the sense that we talk to people about things that aren't necessarily important, but that connect us to each other through the, the small things. And so when you're on these virtual calls, you, you only get to the essential and not to the small in the everyday. Yeah. And I think that's what we're missing in, in that world.
1: Yeah. And I would add one more one more tip for people who are thinking about their Zoom gloom uh, or their Zoom meetings or things like that is, you know, pick up the damn phone. Uh, you mm. know, before we didn't, we didn't, every time I need to see, uh, talk to a client, I didn't have a Zoom call. I had a phone call. You know, every time I need to talk to a client who was in another state, I didn't jump on a plane. You know, I picked up the phone. And I think a uh, Doing some balance between all the Zoom, all the time, all the video, and the phone can be really, really nice. Um, uh, and I read a really inter- interesting study, I think it was out of Yale, that talked about how people actually can hear emotion better on the phone than they can on a Zoom call. That's why a lot of executive coaches want to talk on the phone. So, you know, give your teammates, your colleagues, your clients, your customers a choice. Don't just assume everything needs to be on Zoom. I've not instituted Zoom-free Mondays. Unless the Mm. client is paying me big bucks or I'm doing a presentation, I'm pushing the meeting into a phone call because, quite frankly, I don't want to do my hair on Mondays. (laughs) I just don't.
0: (laughs) Well, I never do my hair, but that's another story.
1: <laughs> well, so, Chris, I, I think we've made some good progress here today, I don't this you? this
0: was good. I learned a lot. Thank you. Uh,
1: well, you know, that's what I'm here for. And I, of course, I always learn a lot from you because you're so amazing. <laughs> so thank you, listeners, for joining us today at Cubicle Confidential. If you need workplace advice, no problems too big, no problems you can tell is too small, email us at info at cubicleconfidential.com. You can also tweet us at cubicleconfide1 or find Chris and I, Chris DeSantis or Mary Abigail on LinkedIn or Twitter. We're everywhere. We are so easy to find. I'd like to give a big shout out to our amazing and underpaid producer, uh, Mr. Jack Ettinger. Uh, and, t- and until we see you next week, have a great work week. Be good. Don't get into trouble. But if you do, call us.